0: Welcome to this episode of Cork Creative, the podcast that gives those working in the creative arts and business in Cork a platform to discuss their journey to now, lessons learned and plans for the future. In this podcast, recorded way back in August 2021, I am joined by the serial entrepreneur, creator and innovator, Michelle Kalachi. I met Michelle initially when we were both working on projects in Sacred Heart Secondary School in Clonakilty, County, Cork. Flux Learning was helping set up Google Suite for Education, as it was then. Google Workplace for Education now, and Michelle with ScreenZest was designing and building a comprehensive website and communication platform for the school. Since then, Michelle has broadened his portfolio further to include public speaking, video production, post-processing, commercial photography, and app development. Michelle is the founder of ScreenZest Digital, ImmunizeNet, and his most recent ventures, West Cork Discovered, and Mindset Morning. So there's so much to get through here. So without further ado, Welcome to Core Creative, Michelle. You have a portfolio of interconnected companies and startups that you have founded. Can you explain what each one does to our listeners?
1: Sure, yeah. So back in I think it was 2014, I founded ImmunizeNet, whose mission essentially is to improve children's online and social media safety and well-being. Few years later, out of that, I founded Screens as Digital, whose objective it is mainly to help people I suppose to be successful online and whether that's through websites, through apps, blogs, social media, or or content, and particularly video content. So I also got into photography and videography. So I, I added video production to to that as well. Then I guess at the, at the, at the start of the first lockdown, like, it's a project I kind of had in mind for a little while, but at the start of the first lockdown, lockdown I started West Cork Discovered which is kind of more of a passion project, I suppose, with the aim to celebrate all that's wonderful about West Cork. Uh, I'm fortunate to live in, in in West Cork literally five minutes from the ocean. And I suppose specifically sort of its natural beauty, the coastline, the incredible artist community that surrounds me. So creatives and, and, uh, and, and artists, photographers and so on. And also it's many outdoor uh, opportunities. I'm I'm myself like an outdoor enthusiast. I do a lot of water sports and stuff like that. So you know, it's it seemed like a natural thing for me to to create something that kind of celebrates that and and brings people together in this space. And lastly, earlier this year, together with my wife and her friend, we're in the process of putting together content for a membership program called mindset morning, where we're designing a platform specifically for women, where all elements of morning routines come together. So from yoga, there's meditation, there is guided journaling, all the way to affirmations. And I've personally long enjoyed the immense benefits of of early morning routines, when I say early morning, so 530, roughly. And now I want to, we want to make these not just uh, accessible, but also very easy to implement and fun to stick to with our Mindset Morning membership site.
0: So Michelle, we've touched on some of this already, but which projects are you most passionate about at the moment and why?
1: Uh, It's a difficult question. (laughs) Right now, I suppose I'm kind of excited about all of them because there's kind of a a lot of changes happening in, in, in each space, but purely I guess from a from a passion point of view, I'd I'd probably have to say photography and make videos also for, for West Cork discovered and for my YouTube channel. I've just, just started my own YouTube channel as well. Now, definitely not from a commercial point of view as neither of these are, are monetized at this point, but I think probably just because I'm enjoying the process so much and, and, and learning, there's just so much to learn in that space. And like, but every time I go out, I, I come back and I, I feel I've got more knowledge, I've, mm-hmm. you know, I've learned something new, but equally I'm, I'm also very excited about the online course I'm developing right now for Immunized Net like I used to do in-person workshops for, for parents and, and, and in schools and so on, but I had always sort of envisaged creating something that is more scalable and that can have greater impact for more people. So also with COVID, of course, the in-person workshops kind of suddenly came to came to a stop completely. But I also enjoy finding new ways to leverage digital solutions and and help others achieve their objectives online. But to come back to photography and 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 filmmaking, I suppose it's it's also very aligned with my passion for being outdoors. So uh, you know, as opposed to being you know, working in an office environment or on a desk, sure. uh, I get to be outdoors and 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 in nature. Just in in particular, just being around our our amazing coastline. Mm-hmm. Like I was I was shooting a, a a video and doing photos just a few weeks back. Uh, at Galley Head, just across from Galley Head, there's like a, a headland, uh, and I was just sitting there as I when I after I got there, and and I did the first half of the video or so, and, and I just sat there for a, a little while, and I just I just thought to myself, like, where else would you possibly want to be right now except here, you know?
0: Oh, indeed, it wasn't a major imposition to be in lockdown in West Cork, in fairness. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'm sure we'll probably come to that in a bit as we discover that a little more but it was definitely i think as i said in one of the videos at the very end and in a three-part series i i did kind of reflecting on on COVID and and my mm. surroundings and so on and what i learned from this and and i think the final sentence i said and in that video was like there's nowhere else i'd rather be mm. so despite i guess being very very limited in terms sure. of how far we could go
0: this is true. Indeed. There's a lot to be said about it. I suppose what inspired you to get into photography and videography initially?
1: My dad always had a, a photo and, and a separate film camera, which at the time was somewhat unusual, particularly mm-hmm. the, the, the film camera. I, I kind of loved how that, now th- of course this was this was back in 35 millimeter days sure. uh, with, with the film being on, on a roll. So I, I guess both sort of I was always fascinated by sort of his equipment that you had, you know, the projector and, and the camera and all that. But mainly I just loved how has sort of that captured our family story. So in in a way, it was, you know, it was a storytelling tool, really, I guess, in terms of photography filmmaking as, as as art, as opposed to just, you know, family pictures and family videos. I kind of always thought it was it was amazing, but it was something that was kind of reserved for people, with some sort of super talent. But uh, a few years ago, I came across a video uh, on YouTube by a guy called Peter McKinnon. He's a Canadian-based uh, YouTuber, and he did a particular short movie called The Bucket Shot, which is a, a short film about sort of his quest for a very specific photo that he he had in mind Uh, of a mountain lake uh, in Canada that at a very particular time of the year with snow would would look a certain way and there was a certain color in in the lake that he he was envisaging. I just loved, every aspect of of that whole process being outdoors the, the planning the quest the, the gear sort of you know packing all the gear getting everything ready traveling sort of the, the journey of just just getting there the excitement building with what you might find just everything but of course this this looked very kind of nearly unattainable for me but so then i checked back sort of on the history of of, of his channel and i saw some of his some of his first videos and i realized wow his his you know first few videos that that content you know was nowhere near as polished you know sure. as as that which was years and years later you know mm-hmm. so oftentimes what we don't get to see is 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 the journey is is where it started but i guess that's what youtube gives us that ability that as long as youtubers haven't that deleted their you know initial work we we, we get to see that and so i realized that, that this guy was not born with any superpower and that <sighs> it's actually more more hard work and practice mm-hmm and learning than necessarily talent. Cool. Uh, and I think the word talents probably misunderstood a lot, a lot of the time it, it's more actually just hard work mm-hmm. and building a skill set sure. that is often mistaken maybe for for, for natural talent. So I, I kind of um, realized that hey, he just he just learned all of this and, and it was a process. So I started looking, kind of encouraged by 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 that, which kind of seemed to make it a little more attainable. Mm-hmm. I started into looking into what's what's what would be needed to get started. Mm-hmm. And so I got a camera, and a few weeks later, uh, I made my first video and I took my first pictures. Mm-hmm. I, I actually I distinctly remember uh, very early in the morning going to Warren Strand in West Cork, just just five minutes from from here. It was something like five a.m. or something, because it's been in the, in the summer, so mm-hmm. the sun would rise very early. Coming back, totally excited with with what I thought, you know, could be could be awesome photos. So I put them into Lightroom, and I I looked at them, and, and looking back, of course, it, they weren't anywhere. As good as I thought in my head, you know, <laughs> they, they would be. I suppose it was the start, and and I look at them now, and them, you know, I, it seemed like such a beginning of a journey. Sure. And then a few weeks later, I made my first video at sunrise again in, in in West Cork again. It was in the summer, so it was super early in the morning. But despite you know getting up at 4 a.m. or something like that, it was I was, mm. I was totally hooked. <laughs> Not very good,
0: and I suppose it's great on YouTube and with the likes of Peter McKinnon and Matty Apoya where you see their progression. And you can see, I suppose, as you said, where they started from and how they improved and they upskilled as they went and how new techniques or new equipment that they took suddenly led to a step change in what they were doing. And it's great to be able to see that work or that evolution because, as you said, it's often hidden. We just see the end result several years later and we don't see the work that went into it, the perseverance that they had to stick with their craft, so to speak.
1: Yeah, like I think a lot of people might look at people like that and go, you know, overnight sensation or, you know, overnight success. But there's no such thing like you no. know, with YouTube, you got to be a realistic. You, b- before you have 100 videos and probably two years later, you're not going to have, you know, a sizable audience. You're not going to have any form of success or monetization or, or anything. Sure. So uh, unless you love the process, unless you love making videos, you have no hope.
0: And for the inevitable deep dive into technology, which I suppose is my particular uh, interest of mine, what camera did you yeah. elect to go with? And are you a hybrid shooter or what do you use? Okay,
1: so, well, um, I have... Uh, I have two cameras at the moment, one I use mainly for video and I kind of built a rig for that. It's kind of mainly by just researching what other people have done on YouTube. And I've put this thing together by just trial and error. So it's it's a hybrid camera, but I kind of use this one predominantly for video because it's okay. very, very, very video capable. Sure. And then for photography, uh, I, I use actually quite an old model of a camera. It's a Nikon. 7100 seventy one hundred i got here so it's a dslr sure. camera and i i use this mainly for for photography as i said it's, it's a pretty old model but it was amazing value for money so it kind of you know has a has a lot of feature so you know as a as a beginner it was it was a great way to 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 get going to be honest i'm, I'm kind of way more excited about lenses than i am about cameras
0: a wiser investment <laughs>
1: can't remember who I heard this from but I think it was someone on, on, on YouTube in a comment who paraphrases is really good I think he said um you, you date your camera but you marry your lenses <laughs> so I, I think it kind of adequately encapsulates how we, sure. we end up feeling about cameras and about lenses so there, there, there's a bit of a trend right now particularly for filmmakers using vintage lenses sure. on, on mirrorless cameras so, so they, they're kind of getting a second life sure because you're, you're able to adapt them quite easily using sort of a just a super simple adapter in front of a mirrorless camera and then you can adapt a vintage lens like that, which is, so this one is from, 35 millimeter film camera from the 1970s and, and you can pick these up for, for literally for peanuts second in mm-hmm. hand
0: and they give you a particular look then they give you a particular style of photography that you're looking for with a particular type of vignetting and that kind of thing so that's
1: why I, what, what I love about it so modern lenses yeah they have the great benefits and they're super mm. sharp and they're you know they have stabilization and great autofocus and all that kind of stuff but they're kind of nearly too perfect in, the, in that <laughs> there's not a lot of character to them and and that's what I really enjoy about these but these vintage lenses and also these things are so well built they're all full metal okay they're a bit heavy because of that sure but they're so solid that you pick these up on, on on ebay for for next to nothing and they still look like brand new and then teaming them up with the modern camera i feel great about it also because it's kind of like upcycling i think and and the other thing i, I really love about it it's because of their their tactile nature there's a certain i guess purposefulness behind taking photos with them because everything is manual so you know if i'm if i'm focusing i gotta i gotta focus manually it kind of slows everything down it kind of adds an element of mindfulness to, to my mm-hmm. photography because I, I, ha- I have to slow down naturally because it, you know it takes me maybe 20 30 seconds just to make sure yeah I got the focus and within that time then you know I often pay more attention to my surroundings I pay, pay more attention to the composition I just realizing I'm I'm, I'm kind of I'm slowing down and I'm, I'm enjoying the process uh, a lot mm
0: does a stem from the mindfulness too of actually selecting a particular type of vintage lens for a particular type of shot you're looking to get so it's a little like when you elect to go out with a prime which has just uh, one it's a 50 millimeter and that is it <laughs> so you're yes. deliberately going out with that restriction but that restriction opens the door to a lot of innovation that you wouldn't have if you had a longer zoom throw yeah.
1: you're spot on so zoom lenses i mean they're 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 great and, and i mean they're, mm. they're they're super handy and and i have i have some but what i love is is what you described is some days it's kind of a daunting to do because you mm. you, you worry about missing shots sure. if you don't take all of your lenses <laughs> with you or at least a good a good selection of them sure but so what i do sometimes is as you say actually i did this the other day uh, i went to castle freak woods and it's just it's one focal length mm. it's it's just one lens just one camera and you just have to think differently because you you can't just stay in the same place and go sure. oh there's something over there and just you know bring it to you. You're gonna move around a lot more. You you have to just be much more creative. And it kind of takes it takes a little while to 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 get into it because it's it's a whole different way of shooting. But I find it very immersive. So I kind of get lost in, in 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 the process of doing that. So it kind of adds another element to it. So it's, it's not just going out to take photos for me. It's also kind of therapeutic. I want to say
0: no mm-hmm. no indeed. You're un- unusual in that. You're in two different camera lens ecosystems, Is then you have your Nikon for still photography, and it's a Canon rig that you have for video.
1: Actually, the the rig for video, it's it's actually Panasonic Lumix, uh, but I'm using the vintage Canon lenses on it. Okay. But I, I do also have some native Panasonic lenses. Yeah, I guess I have ended up with sort of two different ecosystems.
0: You're an outlier in that respect, as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. Now, I, I have since obviously learned a lot and all that. I've now figured out what I want long term, I guess. So I, I have I have in mind where I'm going. But the good thing about the camera equipment in general is they do retain the resale value, of course, really well if you look after them. You know, so like I, I know that any of those vintage lenses that that I bought, you know, over the past few past year or so, I, I could resell them for the same price I, I, I bought them. Same, you know, similar with the camera. So I, I know I'm going to upgrade probably sometime soon, particularly. The photography camera and probably Mm -hmm. bring all into into one system where i I can much better switch between you know system in 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 terms of lens lenses and so on
0: that begs the question michelle is there a particular ecosystem you think you're going to dive into for both or do you have a preference
1: i think so so panasonic has has brought out some full-frame cameras that are now much more accessible than than they would have been and so it provides a. To me it provides a super strong hybrid platform Sure. Uh, so something like a lumix s1 h or s5 sure uh, would give me both very very strong video but also photography capability but i will probably always keep one smaller lighter micro four thirds and the reason why i'm, I'm always going to keep one micro four thirds like i know the full frame is going to have a lot of advantages in terms of it being you know a full frame system it'll have sure. a lot of advantages but the big disadvantage for for me personally is is the weight and so that's where the micro third system gives me a lot of advantages because a lot of what i do involves walking somewhere you know sure. I sometimes uphill sometimes so it's a lot of hiking involved and stuff like that so it it gives me the ability to carry much less weight with that system and if i shoot particularly you know as long as i shoot during the day with decent amount of light i have no issues uh with, with the micro four third system and again it's just just so light it's just it's just incredible so it it, you know it gives you just just much more usability in that sense and then if i do need more light i mean i can attach full frame lenses with a speed booster that that gives me you know a a lot more capability of of the camera so it's a good balance because weight is so important to me as a benefit that you know i'm I'm willing to, to sacrifice a little bit of shallow depth of field and a little bit of low light capability sure but if i could have that coupled with one full-frame camera i think that would be the sweet spot so but probably do is end up changing the nikon d7100 for you know for a mirrorless full frame
0: and probably in the panasonic ecosystem
1: i think so yeah just because i i particularly love their video capabilities sure their dual image stabilization is next to none i personally really like it so i I think i'll i probably stick to it I, I think you can buck, get bucked down sometimes with like, you know, one brand better than the other or whatever. I think if you're, if you're happy with something, then I think it's, it's, that's probably more important really. No, for sure.
0: For sure. I suppose speaking about the happiness that you derive derived from video work, what kind of video projects do you do for clients and also for yourself? You spoke about your three part video series. So what kind of videos do you shoot for clients and what kind of videos do you shoot for yourself?
1: Yeah. So, so for clients, I usually team up with a freelance videographer from Cork, Matt Butler, who's just an amazing, he's just amazing at his craft. And he also taught me a lot in, in, in working together. So mainly we've been doing like promo videos for schools, also some virtual events, like virtual open nights, particularly at the end of last year, you know, with lockdown and everything, people not being able to have like in-person events. And then I've also actually done a few real estate projects and some product videography, but like for myself I've, I've been doing some sort of vlog style videos for west cork discovered as well as for my own youtube channel which i've, I've just launched and so they're mainly sort of short story videos of of trips in search of photographs i suppose at, at this point that's kind of mainly what it is and i, I did a three-part short film during lockdown on sort of reframing how i was thinking about my surroundings and mm-hmm. so when we were limited to like a 5k radius so basically what i did is is well i it developed out of well, mainly out of frustration initially because i couldn't go further than that like i mm-hmm. had had a lot of plans for where to go but then at some point i just decided well i can just sit here and, and sulk or i can you know i can do something different so basically i just i just developed sort of a, a three-part short story of how i went to rediscover my immediate surroundings by, by kind of look looking at them in in a new light and and by kind of looking closer and and giving my surroundings, I suppose, a, a chance to, for me to rediscover them. Maybe in a way I haven't seen them before.
0: The videos you've posted and that I've watched with great interest, drone photography is becoming an increasing component of it. So what, what drone do you use? And you're getting some great shots, uh, great sea and scenery shots with those. So I'm just curious as to what you're using.
1: Yeah, actually, I, I use a small DJI Mavic drone. Again, portability is, is super important to me. And it being light is so, super important to me. So I went for something that's very very small and inconspicuous, something I can you know I can I can take with me anywhere I I, I go, pretty much nearly put in my pocket, but still gives me the kind of quality I'm I'm looking for. So it's not like super high end, but in in terms of just in terms of quality of the of the footage. But I think it's 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 a great compromise. So and I I sometimes walk a lot, you know, to get to where I need to go to. So that's that's very important to me. So I use it either kind of as a storytelling tool to give a story context or to give a scene context. And because I film everything on my own, it's also very useful. To create motion in videos without a second camera person So, like if i you know if, if i want to kind of show where i'm going I, I might let the drone fly around me so that the, the the surroundings get revealed so did you get a sense of of, of where i am and and, and where the journey is taking me you know
0: it's going kind to of situate you in your time and space to an extent
1: yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and like I, I think it can be used creatively and, mm. and I've actually seen some uh, very creative photography stuff recently done with them, sort of leveraging their unique perspectives. I mean, a lot of the stuff I see sort of photography by drones is kind of very same and it's just sure. leveraging the fact that you're high up in the air. <laughs> and it doesn't really work for me terribly well because it, it doesn't necessarily invoke any kind of sense of emotion. It's just a scene.
0: It's not even, it's not even telling a story as such. It's just up.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it can be overutilized. So I tend to be careful with how much I use, how much of it I use, because you can get a lot of content quite easily with a drone. So it, it can be a little bit lazy as well, I suppose. But my general rule is, I suppose that if it's not helping to tell the story or move the story forward, or if it doesn't serve to create like a different perspective, mm-hmm. then I'll leave it out.
0: I think that's a very good advice for all video editing and not just drone footage but just footage in general. And it's and it's very much you're focusing on storytelling more with your blog posts and with your vlogging now. And is is the vlogging and the blogging and that component something you're going to stick with Michelle or is that something you plan to persevere with?
1: Yeah, very much so. Now I I've not been great at like getting it out, you know, every week mm-hmm. as I would like just because there's actually a huge amount of work involved in like creating a five or 10 minute video. Roughly, it tends to be about an hour of shooting for a minute of footage. And that's without editing, just, just actual, you know, shooting. So then you add the editing on top of that. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm still a bit slow, but it just, particularly because I'm filming everything on my own. So if I want to show myself, you know, walking somewhere, I got to set the camera up first Mm -hmm. and, you know, and then I got to do that and then come back get the camera, you know, and then usually the same scene i want to show maybe three different focal lengths to kind of create you know to, to create some motion it kind of just takes a lot of time so that's maybe why i haven't produced as much as i, I i'd like to but yeah i'll definitely uh, continue them uh, particularly for for west cork discover them for my own mm-hmm. uh, youtube channel but i guess i started them mainly as, as like a creative outlet and to share some of the nature and outdoors experiences that were Blessed to have here in West Cork, like the uh, nature and the oceans in particular, uh, is just something I'm I'm very passionate about, and like perhaps it inspires others to go and explore the outdoors a bit more and 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 you know find places and see things. But like I'm also exploring other styles of video content I want to shoot right now so a, a few weeks ago for example I um I produced a, a, a like a virtual nature experience in a forest okay. it's a 10 minute a mindfulness exercise or mindfulness experience through through video sort of immersing you into a forest both visually and with sound so obviously it, it's missing some elements that you would get from actually being in the woods which of course mm. is always more desirable uh, I'm not suggesting that it it would substitute sure going outdoors on the contrary <laughs> it, if anything it should make it more appealing maybe to sure. be mindful in, in, in nature, but also perhaps it gives someone an opportunity to, to kind of immerse themselves in nature for 10 minutes who are stuck sure. in an office somewhere or, or in a city whatever. But yeah, so it, it's, it's, you know, through, through vision and, and sound, you kind of immersed into, in, in into that forest and very close up and so on. And so I'm planning to create something very similar with seascapes very shortly. So I kind of got a concept that I'm, I'm working on right now
0: and i suppose you speak about mindfulness there in terms of nature and your video recording projects and has mindfulness influenced your approach in all of your ventures
1: yeah actually very strongly my my wife does a lot of work in 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 the space of mindfulness through our coaching um and so she's been a huge inspiration for me to to kind of i suppose be more more mindful in my life in general mm-hmm. with what i do and this really has translated for me into you know into photography and and, and filmmaking and kind of what i Sort of talked about earlier the process of using manual lenses and vintage lenses in in terms of it being a more mindful experience so i'm definitely kind of have connected the two and and something that maybe previously would have been more of an exercise of obtaining a result uh, is now kind of become more about the actual process of doing what i love doing at this point if i go out to shoot a video or, or take photos, I'm less attached to the final outcome, but I'm more immersed in the process. So the outcome is kind of nearly secondary, which initially probably sounds a bit counterintuitive, because I guess the objective would be you go out to take some great photos. But to me, in a way, the photos, if they do come, if if they, if they are good, they're kind of more the result of a, of a mindful experience of a process, if that makes sense.
0: No, no, okay. I see.
1: And I guess I just also realized how powerful being mindful and being in the moment and and like observing your your surroundings is and and in particular during that three-part series that i produced during during lockdown i realized that you know if i'm approaching you know a a scene or or surroundings that i've been in a hundred times before Mm. but if i approach it more mindful and and take my time with it and and kind of observe it maybe at different times of the day or and so that I'm, i'm i'm seeing much more stuff that i've never you know seen before
0: you're seeing something new or a new aspect of it through the viewfinder when you've got that vintage lens and that different focal length on the camera as well. So it you know, makes perfect sense.
1: You know, sometimes that has gone wrong. I was just so excited about this 135 millimeter lens I picked up and I brought it just to the wrong place. It was just, you know, just, just too, it's too long a focal length for mm-hmm. the surroundings I was in. I was able to maybe take a few kind of macro style shots with sure. it and stuff, but in the end, at first I thought, oh, this is frustrating. I, I really did mess up. I brought the wrong lens and I should have, you know, probably brought a 50 millimeter to the scenario. I kind of enjoyed afterwards the learning from it, which was, you know, A, don't just be excited about the lens you just got, but maybe be excited about where you're going. Sure. And adapt accordingly. But also just, just the learning of, of you know, I feel I have more knowledge now than, you know, in, in picking the right lens for the, for the right situation.
0: Of course, that makes perfect sense what are your future plans both for photography videography and also for all of your ventures i suppose
1: so uh, with immunize.net it's currently so all about producing and launching the online course right now where i'll teach participants over eight modules delivered over 16 weeks how to make tangible improvements to their kids online and social media safety and and well-being Mm -hmm. so the idea is that you take a module and then you get some homework to do with your inside your family with your kids and so you get kind of two weeks to digest the content and to to make those changes or to take the action that from on the basis from what you've learned and so you've can kind of made one small step towards improvements. and so then you you take the next module and again you have two weeks to implement what you've learned so i decided to kind of do it that way because it could just be overwhelming like that the, the, there's so much to learn and so much to do that uh, I, I worried people would just go oh, I just you know I, I can't tackle this because it's just yeah. too much but maybe if I piecemeal it and, and sort of then you have an opportunity to celebrate the the small wins mm-hmm. along the way you know so, so if you implement something that you've been able to reduce your kids I don't know screen time for instance by 50% or by 25% then then that's a great achievement and you know you should celebrate that and 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 then you come to the next session kind of feeling good about having done something you know so i guess progress being more important than attaining kind of perfection out of the gate so with with ScreenZest, i've kind of realized over the past few months that sort of over the years i suppose i've kind of figured out how to create a highly integrated and connected ecosystem using various different online platforms so from website platforms to you know email platforms social media apps and so on and i kind of figured out how they play together really well and or how to make them play together really well and and so i've kind of realized only recently that you know on reflection that actually you know this is kind of something that i've i feel i kind of figured out it's something i want to share with others to help them succeed online as well you know again it's probably going to take the form of something like an online course or perhaps a membership or something where we're together we'll we'll you know we'll learn how to leverage these these platforms because it it could be i think it could be hugely challenging for people starting out in the online space i mean the online space right now is very 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 noisy particularly on social media to get any traction to get your voice heard is, is is really hard so i think being able to leverage these, these these platforms together in a cohesive cohesive way, I, I think will give you will give you a, a stronger chance. So with Mindset Morning, MindsetMorning.com, we're um, really looking forward to to launching that membership site in the coming month. So at the moment, we're, we're finishing producing the content for it. Mm-hmm. So the the the, the uh, yoga sessions and video and the, the guided meditations, all that kind of stuff. So it's something somewhere where i'm leveraging sort of the skill sets that i've that that i've learned through videography and and editing particular video editing you know sound editing and stuff like that uh kind of it's funny sometimes how you know you you do something and you don't realize later down down the line how that kind of benefits another project you 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 might be involved in suddenly you find yourself in a in, in a space where all these things are, are starting to be kind of interconnected and and you kind of at the beginning didn't realize how this was all going to pan out and then with had uh, west cork discovered uh, for now uh, this remains very much a passion project an unmonetized passion project that i'm purposefully actually not monetizing at this point okay. which might sound kind of weird but there, there's very good reason for it and so the medium-term goal is to to have a hundred things to do posted in it i'm starting to get clarity on 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 where i want the content to go and what i want it to do and it's mainly to make sure they are aligned with my own values um as well around you know around experiences in nature and around mindfulness around well-being and also around protecting our nature protecting our oceans protecting our environment also by not monetizing it i'm, I'm able to keep it very pure in the sense of not having infl- in outside influence and outside pressure on, on you know, on on mm-hmm. what I should include and what I shouldn't include. So I, I can make very purposeful decisions on, you know, including things and experiences and things to do that have, you know, lower zero carbon footprint. That you know are within certain value boundaries that 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 I think are important now, particularly, you know, with. where we are at the moment with our world and and our environment i'm clear that i don't want it to be basically you know a listing of everything there's to do in west cork i think that's you know that probably exists already but more for those that are maybe a bit more driven by values in certain things and again sort of where nature meets well-being and and so on i I think that's where I, i see it sitting
0: for your the, the courses you're building is there a particular platform that you're you're building those on are you building is is it teachable or thinkific or is there a particular platform you've chosen
1: michelle yeah so it's going to be a video course essentially where some elements will be so there'll be short elements of of, of me on camera speaking it's just in terms of context of the lesson and and, and so on then a lot of it will be practical uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I want participants to be able to actually implement tangible measures and tangible changes. Sure. So I, mean, I don't know to give you an example, so to learn how to uh, how to set limits on screen time, for instance, I don't know, on, a, on an mm-hmm. iPhone, we'll say, for instance, you know, so I, I want the participant to be able to to learn that firsthand, not just just to learn that you could do that, but to learn how to actually do that. So there'll be an element of being able to see on screen how you actually do that step by step and then to be able to sort of be able to then actually implement that and then there'll be also stuff you get with the Particular module that you, you you could print out or you could use it you know sure. you could uh, so it's a homework kind of thing you know that mm-hmm. were actions that you that I'm encouraging you to take over the course of of, of the next few weeks so the platform is going to be it's going to be on the website on immunize.net.com and it it'll be essentially a video based course I have thought about leveraging certain learning platforms it, it is possible that I, I may end up putting the content onto one or two learning platforms but I, I think. For for what I need to teach, uh, this format is probably going to be okay, and it, sure. I also want it to be very accessible and easy for people to 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 sign up for it, to take it, to to digest it, and so on. So I, I think for right now it could be quite simple and and have a just a video based course on 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 the website, which I think is is, is going to be super beneficial
0: we have a, I suppose, a standard question that we ask all our guests, and it's a, it's a rather trite question, and I can count on one hand the uh, a mem- a number of guests who have said something other than smartphones. So, with your approach to mindfulness and with your uh, familiarity with a wide array of technology, Michelle, is there a piece of technology that you cannot live without?
1: Oh, <laughs> do you know, sometimes I think I'd love to live without any of it Hmm, <laughs> <you.
0: laughs> the Luddite <laughs> approach, <laughs> okay.
1: Which is probably ironic, given what i do so yeah i think sometimes it, i think it's about purposefully using technology to fulfill a requirement that we have rather than just just being consumers of it i want to say i think if i had only one well one to choose not because i couldn't but because i wouldn't want to be without it i think it would be my mirrorless camera but paired with a vintage lens and i'd probably pick my 50 millimeter, 50 millimeter 1.4, which I recently got, which is a beautiful nice. lens.
0: The shallowest depth of field.
1: I just, I love the contrast of that super modern sure. with that vintage tactile experience. Mm. And then the character it gives, because I've had no other technology. I have no idea what to do with it afterwards. Then I can post those photos <laughs> or anything. But yeah, I think that would be my, what I would keep
0: that's a unique answer. Excellent. Always appreciated. And I think it, with the the breadth of experience that you've had in business and with your many ventures, this uh, you, uh, you're in a good position to offer some great advice to those who are coming up after us. So, I mean, if you'd have a piece of advice to impart to those who are looking to get involved in the creative industries, in mindfulness industry, with technology in its various forms, what would your advice be to them?
1: Ken, I think it's hard to pick just one. I think there's a lot of pieces of advice. We're very,
0: we're very reductive here.
1: <laughs> if I have to just pick one, I think I'd say, above all, enjoy the process. Try and get around the idea that perhaps the journey is the dream. So that's like, if, if you start on your journey tomorrow, that you are living the dream now because you're because you're moving closer to, you know, your ultimate goal because you're on that journey. Because the reality is that you'll never really arrive at some arbitrary final destination, you know, of mm-hmm. success. That that either you or others have, have set. Right. So you you I don't think you'll you'll ever get to that anyway. You'll achieve goals along the way, but once those, you achieve those, you'll simply have new dreams. You'll you'll make new goals. And I think if you want to be a creator, I would say like don't get bogged down by by gear anxiety. Just grab whatever you have, whatever <clears> you can make, take a photo with or make a video with or whatever. And that could be your iPhone, it could be whatever. Just grab that and, and go and make some art. And I suppose whether it's you know ventures or creative content, it it's really going to be about iterations of what you make rather than this grand perfect thing you're going to do on day one. And just take comfort in the fact that, you know, you look back at your first attempts, particularly sort of in the creative space, you, you look back at your first attempts or of your version 1.0 of your of, of your development idea as just that, as just a start, as that version 1.0 that you could look back at and yeah, maybe even laugh at. Like, like I did in those first photos I took, you know, I look at it sure. now and I go, wow, you know, that's, that was, that's pretty bad. <laughs> but it's a start. Of course. Yeah. And I think a lot of people won't start because of fear that you won't <clears> be perfect. The thing is, you won't be anyway. So, you know, you might as well let go of that expectation.
0: What is it? It's don't let perfect be the enemy of the good
1: exactly yeah Yeah.
0: no sage advice indeed so with all of that advice and a compelling story michelle thanks for sharing your thoughts and insights today with core creative it's my pleasure and if you'd like to learn more about uh, michelle and his ventures there'll be links to his various websites and links to the podcast will be posted on core thank you very much michelle Been a pleasure.
1: thank you so much Patrick, for having me